Hey friends, welcome to the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 50 of The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to let you know about two things. First, May 20th is the second birthday of the podcast. Yay! Whether you are new and have only listened to a few episodes or you've been with me along the entire two years and have listened to all 50 episodes, I just want to thank you so much for listening in and letting me be part of equipping and encouraging you on your motherhood journey. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spend some of it with me. I appreciate you so, so much. As a quick birthday gift, could I ask you a quick favor? Would you hop over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast? It means so much and really it enables other moms to be able to find it because when they search in the search bar for mom podcasts, the more that a podcast is rated and reviewed, it will bring it up these mysterious algorithms that work, right? So it'll just bring it up to show more moms that it is a podcast they should listen to. So thank you in advance for doing that. And again, thank you for listening in. It means so, so much to me. Second thing is just a reminder that my event, Restore Soul Care for Moms, is going to be live in Arizona on Tuesday, June 21st from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets are on sale now, and the link is in the show notes. I really hope that I will be able to see you there. Now, on to today's episode. Today, I'm talking with Amberly Neese. I met Amberly earlier this year at an event here in Arizona, and she is amazing and funny and kind. She is just an amazing person. She is a popular speaker and teacher, comedian, author, and all-around encourager dedicated to helping you become the joyful person you were created to be. Amber Lee is a featured speaker for the Aspire Women's Events and the main host and female comedian for Marriage Date Night, two popular Christian events that tour nationally. She and her husband have two teenagers and live in Prescott, Arizona, where they enjoy the great outdoors, the Food Network, and all things Star Wars. Welcome to the podcast, Amber Lee. I'm excited to chat with you today. I'm excited to be here. We curly girls got to stick together. Yes, I love it. Well, let's just start with this. What products do you use on your curly hair? So first of all, yes, I do use (laughs) products. And when my husband and I got married, you know, in some cultures, men get a dowry for a a wife. And all my husband got was my student loans and my tons and tons of hair product that I brought (laughs) into the relationship because my hair goes through it's kind of like a hormonal teenager. Sometimes something works and then other times 
You right. need to another tactic. So that's what I, that's my, that's my answer. How about you? Same. I feel like I can use something for a while and mm-hmm. then I have to change it. So right now I'm using Deva curl conditioner and gel that I really like that seem okay. to work, but I've used that in the past and have had to change as well. So that's yep. what I'm currently using. It's a little pricier than I would like, but it works for now. So agreed. <laughs> Whatever it takes to tame the beast. I just, yes. say that's part of the budgeting. It's the way it is. Yes. Totally mind of its own for sure. Yes. <laughs> so when we were chatting about topics for you to come on the show, you were mentioning about how you are entering into about to enter into this empty nest phase. And so you said, let's chat about what I wish I thought of that I know now that I hadn't hadn't occurred to me to think about before. Yes. So first of all, I'm so thankful for this podcast and I'm so, I'm so pleased that there is a place for moms to get some encouragement. We need as much encouragement as we can handle, especially when the kids are young. I feel like, and I'm no psychologist, but I feel like when they, before 10, they were physically more demanding and they get into the teenage years and they seem to be emotionally more demanding. And now that I have two adult children, I have a 21-year-old daughter and a son who's 18, they are spiritually more demanding to, for me. Oh, I have to give interesting. I have to, I feel like I have to place them on the altar every day. And they're great kids. They're not, they're not shoplifting or making poor choices or whatever. But because they're not in my sight, I've lost any modicum of control that I at one point foolishly thought that I had. So, <laughs> so yeah. So when you and I talked about it, I said, you know what? I can't, I can't speak from the trenches anymore, but what I can tell you is from my vantage point, there are some bits of what I'm going to call keeper wisdom. And you'll understand why I call it that, but keeper wisdom that I wish that I'd had somebody love me enough to whisper in my ear when my kids were little and I kind of lost perspective in all of it. Yeah. Love that. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share. So let's dive in. What are some things that you wish you thought of? The reason I'm calling it keeper wisdom is these are the things that I wish I would have kept, right? Mm. First thing is I wish I would have kept my eyes on my own paper. I found myself, especially because of, of a lack of confidence in my momness, I found myself looking at the way that other mothers did things, mm-hmm. the other, the way that seemed like other mothers had their stuff in a group and their mm-hmm. house seemed picked up. And I spent so much energy looking at the paper of other people mm-hmm. and comparing myself that I, I think that I spent unnecessary energy. I mean, I remember taking our daughter to the pediatrician in a panic because we'd sat with other moms at church and a bunch of the ladies were saying, oh, that's weird. Your daughter's eight months old and she doesn't have her teeth yet. Like mm, my son's teeth came in at like four minutes and my son's teeth. I mean, they had this whole thing. Right. So I went to the pediatrician like, oh gosh, is she, she going to be normal? Is she going to be? And he's like, yeah. And as a breastfeeding mom, you're thankful that those teeth are not in. So Amen stop that. The process. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, slow your roll cutie. But I found myself just spending a lot of energy actually I wish I could say I'd like, I'm done with that, but there is a mom in my life who runs a very tight ship. She not only has a zip code of her own children, but she and her husband foster kids. Mm. And she just, she is such a good mom. And I remember, like I said out loud, maybe a year or so ago, I said, man, I wish I'd been a mom like that. And my daughter in her wisdom said, 
are you disappointed about the way that brother and I have turned out? And I said, Mm. no. And she says, well, then don't ever say that again. Wow. Well, the Holy Spirit (laughs) will say today by my daughter, I'm admitting, I've already admitted this to God. So I'm admitting it to your friends. I wish I'd kept my eyes on my own paper. I wish I'd focused on the type of mom that God called me to be and stopped getting caught in a compare snare with other moms. You know, it's a trap. It's a snare. It is a trap. I don't look like she does. My house doesn't look like hers does. I have crushed up Cheerios in the floorboard of my car. And she seems to, you know, I I just spent a lot of energy. So that was a bummer. The next keep that I wish my keeper wisdom is I wish I'd kept my mind on the end goal. Mm. So I think in the flurry of activity, and again, it's not like we lived chaotic lives or whatever, but I would forget And it's easy to forget. Sometimes you're like, oh, dear Jesus, just let me get through the next six hours. They go to bed in six more hours. Just let me get through. (laughs) But I didn't think through the long-term strategy and keep my eyes on that. Mm -hmm. So recently I read a book called Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. And one of his practices that he thinks are super helpful is for us to write a eulogy, which sounds very morbid and it doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. because it's it's an active document. So you continue to change it but you remind yourself regularly about what you once said about you when you die. And as a mom, I wish that I had created a eulogy, a mom eulogy, mm-hmm. a mom, I don't know, mom eulogy. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds terrible. That sounds like something you take medicine for. Don't t- take that. Take it back. But I wish I'd written a mission statement mm-hmm. about the kind of mom that I wanted mm-hmm. to be and the kind of kids, you know, Scott and I did talk when they were early, we were saying, what are the non-negotiables? They will leave our house having experienced how much Jesus loves them to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. They will read literacy, learning, all Mm -hmm. those things will be culture in our house. We will model it. We'll do all these kinds of things, but those are some big ones, but there are a bunch of things that I wish I had written a mission statement. Mm -hmm. And so when things got difficult, when my husband and I were at odds or the kids were frustrating or they weren't listening or I was at my wits end. I wish I'd had a mission statement to remind myself, okay, so what's the most important thing right here? Is the most important thing to die on this Mm -hmm. hill right now for these Legos to be picked up? Or am I trying to create an environment where God can mold my children into capable and responsible humans? That's it. It really is not. It's the thing behind the thing. It is not about the Legos. Although when you step on a Lego, your your <laughs> life is is moved. In, in question, some way. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Your prayer life is incredible. But anyway, um, your inner dialogue not so much. You you lose all sorts of points when you do that. But if I'd kept it on that, if I'd not made it about the Legos, and I'm just going to admit to you, I made it about the Legos a lot. I made it about the thing instead of the what is the long term goal for this child and train them up in the way they should go, I think is so, so brilliant. I mean, obviously God's word is so brilliant, but the fact that it's like, it doesn't say train them all up in the same way that they should go right. train them up in the way they should go. And it's possible that the mission statement for each child is different because each child is different. So yes, right. we want them to know that they're loved and we want them to try to figure out what they were placed on the earth to do, but what does the every day of that look like? So that when it's tough, you can remind yourself, okay, why am I here? Why am, what are we doing? I wish I'd done that. So I wish I'd kept my eyes on my own paper. I wish I'd kept my, my mind on the end goal. I wish I'd kept my calendar open. 
So something as a mom, I struggle with FOMO in a big way as an adult. I think I may have possibly superimposed that on my children. <laughs> I thought, well, I want to, I want a flurry of activity. I actually, I operate, I think you're the same way, but I operate with lots on my plate really well. Yes. yes. That's not everyone. And I have a son that is brilliant. He is super left brain and super creative and he's a very caring human being. But the froth of the way I like things worked beautifully for my daughter. It did not work as well for him. Mm -hmm. He's such a homebody. And that's a good thing. Like he's a Mm -hmm. creative and he does all sorts of things. But I think I did unto them, not really how they they needed to be done, but I did it unto them the way I wanted to do it. But I really didn't keep them in mind. I created kids that on some level can be can feel overwhelmed because they're Mm -hmm. used to this all the time. The the never ending hamster wheel of activity. I love it. And it was a blessing to me. Mm -hmm. I can just tell you, especially when they were little, I was like, just somebody talk to me. We need to get out. (laughs) We're going to go grocery shopping, not because we need a stinking thing, but I just need somebody to look me in the eye and, you know, talk to uh, an adult human. (laughs) Yes. 100%. So I wish I'd kept my eyes on my own paper. I wish I'd kept my mind on the end goal. I wish I'd kept my calendar open for sure. And I wish I'd kept my face in the book. My friend Shannon Hoffpower says that's that's her term for getting getting your nose in the word, getting your mind and your heart and your spirit in the word. That's her, I don't know, phraseology for spending time in God's word. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to tell you, I am a textbook firstborn. So I did absolutely get in the Bible when my kids were young on a regular basis, fairly regular, you know, sometimes, especially when they're first, you're like, right. hey, listen, I'm feeding myself and a child with my own body. I think I can take a couple of days off Ephesians. Thank y'all. <laughs> so there was definitely that. But what I wish I'd done is I wish I'd used it as a parenting tool mm-hmm. instead of just a task to check off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to, with both kids, the middle of the night feedings before they were on their schedule. And I know that there's going to be some moms who are already going to send you hate mail. Like she is a terrible person. Is she even saved that she scheduled her children? It works great for my kids. But in the times where I was up in the middle of the night, I would read them the word, like I checked off the box, right? But it's not about checking off the box. I wish I'd felt always closer to God in those times. Sometimes I felt like it was farther away. Like he can't even relate to, I'm so tired. I'm so clear about my inadequacies as a parent. Instead of reading the word, now I can read it with my adult children. I can read it and say like, oh gosh, God is so gracious. And there's so many of these great verses about his nurturing spirit and his hovering over and his, I mean, so many wonderful verbs that describe how God actively parents us. And I missed the whole thing. So I wish I'd looked into God's word, like saying, teach me how to be a better mommy because of your example. I'd love to tell this story when I was in fifth grade. I think you maybe have heard the stories. If you have, all you have to do is shake your head at the appropriate places (laughs) and we'll be friends for life. Anyway, there was a boy in my class named Brian and he, he had not studied for the test. Long story short, he asked to copy my paper and I was like, no, that's terrible. That's plagiarism. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. But he, he finally begged enough that I acquiesced and we, we did the whole thing. I was scared the whole time. I had the little telltale heart. When we got to the end, the teacher dismissed the whole class, except Brian and me. 
And I started to cry and he was saying, maybe it's not about the test. And she said, you know, something happened today that's not happened in all my years of teaching. I have two papers with Amberly's name on it and no papers with Brian's name on it, which is ridiculous, right? It's like so crazy. Like really, he had done such a, you know, a methodical job of copying my paper that he copied my name. Right. And, and like I said, I think when you and I spent any time together the last time, I told the story talking about the fact that we're supposed to emulate Jesus and write his name at the top of our paper so that he gets the glory. And that's true. But the copying of, of Jesus, I wish I'd spent more time at his feet saying, teach me how to be a better mom. I did not have a super present mom growing up. So mothering literally was like a paint by numbers for me. I had no idea like, okay, the ones are red. So I'm going to find the red. I'm going to do that. I mean, that's how I, that's how my husband and I did things. And, and there were moms. And again, here comes the hate mail. There were moms in my life. that were like, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm excited to be a mom, but, but it's different than that. And, and it's mostly because I felt so inept. There was like, nobody says, you know what I'd like to do? I'm a, you know, a hundred pound person, but I would like to study to be a sumo wrestler. Why? Because that's ridiculous. (laughs) Like you would never, that's how I felt as a mom. Like, I mean, I have, I have the same parts that I need, but I don't know how to make it happen. And so it was, it was a lot for me. And I wish I, I wish I kept my face in the book, Mm -hmm. honestly. So I wish I'd kept my eyes on my own paper. I wish I'd kept my mind on the end goal. I wish I'd kept my calendar open. I wish I'd kept my face in the book specifically to see the parenting tactics of Jesus. And I wish I'd kept my body healthy. Now that we have TikTok and Instagram, there are 8 million ways that I can both feed a child and do squats concurrently. Like there's all these like, the, you know what I'm talking about? There's right, all, all these people. hacks and tricks and- Oh yes. Right. Oh my gosh. Videos. Well, I can just tell you, I didn't feel that way. I didn't see a way to couple health of me and health of the baby. Well, I think too, we somehow take on this mindset of it's all about the baby now. Like I'm only supposed to take care of the baby and focus a hundred percent of my energy on this baby. So then we completely neglect ourselves and we don't care for the baby or anyone well, because we're running on fumes. (laughs) Totally. And what's interesting is it's like one of the things that would have helped me be a better mom are some of those pleasure endorphins that would have come if I'd just taken a couple more walks around the block right. or if I'd started to feel about some better eating practices, you know, but in mom overwhelm, I both ate too much and I ate comfort foods that didn't fuel my body. I undermined my own success. Do I have great kids? Yes. Is that the grace of God? You betcha, Red Rider, 100%. (laughs) And are there things that by his goodness and by his leading that I did that factored into the recipe of who they are? Absolutely. But I can tell you as a mom on this side, I love your listeners enough to say there are some things that I wish I'd done differently. I hope you can learn from my mistakes. Oh, I love all of those things. And I love like you're saying, God's goodness is woven throughout them and God fills in our imperfections and the places we mess up. You know, again, we, when you know better, you do better. And if we didn't know, you know, that's okay. And we can look back and still have peace about that. But I just love what you shared because I think it will help. It's going to help me and it's going to help our friends and listeners who are good hearing us talk today. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. Will you share a little bit more? You talked a little bit about this, but how can we as moms, like maybe some practical things 
we can do to have that long-term in mind as the short-term is like so busy, overwhelming. I'm in that phase that you were talking about where like it's the more emotional phase that drains me of like my kids are 10 and 13 and yeah. So just what are, what are your thoughts and practical yeah. things? So I do think that the mission statement, albeit sounds kitschy, I do think the mission statement, putting it in seven different places in your house is a good one, but also maybe just a, I have a friend who their mission statement is essentially the great commission. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore go, which means you get off your keister and you parent and make disciples, meaning their, your job is to make disciples. And that's their little that's their thing that they say to one another, make disciples, because that's what we're doing. So even when you're losing your ever loving mind, because <laughs> the child is not, you know, doing what they should or whatever. So come up with some kind of phrase that reminds you not only who you are, but also your responsibility to that child and who they are in the process. So I think that that's, I, so like when you're driving, if you've ever gotten too drowsy and you drive and all of a sudden you hit those little, what I call um, the braille on the road, right? As parents, if we've set up those guards on ourselves and saying, this is where we want our kids to be. Now, I know that there's some parents that are like, I know she's only six months old, but she's going to be a rocket scientist or he's going to be a doctor or whatever. I know that that is very entrenched in lots of cultures to like speak truth at a child. But honestly, our greatest purpose is for them to know God. Mm-hmm. And okay. if that's the mission statement that we need to really remind ourselves, because the truth is sometimes you think, oh, I, you know, I don't want them to hate God. So I'm going to hold back on discipline when no, they need to understand that God is a God of order and of peace mm-hmm. and letting them be wing dang diggle daggle and go all over the place is not the most loving, peaceful way. So if we're trying to make disciples, we want to, we want to encourage them and love them in truth in equal parts and help, help them see the, the face of God, despite the fact that we're losing our ever loving minds. We want to sell right. them on eBay. How do you show God in that? Right. <laughs> right. How do you show God in that? So that's going to be my thing is just decide what it is that is your long-term goal and make it your, your reminder to yourself when you're feeling frustrated, when, when they're feeling frustrated, you know, baby girl, mm-hmm. I love you too much to act like this. Mom and dad feel like our responsibilities help you be a disciple of Jesus and disciples of Jesus know who they are in him. They know him and they act like him. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, are your behaviors showing Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right. Are my behaviors <laughs> showing Jesus? <laughs> you know, right. thinking those things through, if that's your mission statement to, to make that your you're loud and proud in your heart that you say that to yourself and remind yourself all the time. That's good. Something else I've been doing is my daughter's 13. So she needs to be driven. Thank you. She needs to be driven a million places all the time. And then she always likes to add extra places that I could drive her mom. We could do this. Could I go here? All these things. And so I was talking to my husband about it last week and I was like, it's just so much, but I'm trying to remember that in a few years she will have a car and I won't be in the car with her all the time. So that's one like little trick I'm trying to teach myself to remember, like when I'm in the overwhelm, keep the long-term in mind, like this is going to fly by. So even though it's hard today, think about the bigger picture. Yeah. Something else that I want to encourage you, you know, I said, it's like physically and then emotionally and then spiritually. Okay. So when they get their driver's licenses and some of the moms who are listening to this can back me up, for about a year, your phone will not ring that you don't think to yourself, oh gosh, are they okay? Is it them calling about whatever? So relish 
the fact right now that you're not thinking about that, but there is something really glorious about what I call ear to ear, which means you're driving and they're looking forward that ear to ear communication, because sometimes they'll spill their guts there where they don't spill it anywhere else. Right. And maybe she's taking you on 27 errands because she just wants ear to ear with you. Yeah. It's good. How, how, how awesome is that? Some 13 year olds don't want anything to do with their mother, much less, oh, mom, let's go extra places. So <laughs> true. here's to you. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Great reminder for me. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts about, like, what are some ways that we as moms can try to enjoy the journey in each different stage and season? Wow. Well, I think being intentional about doing just that, whether that's a end of the night, like, okay, Lord, Thank you that you got us through this day. Let's talk about some, what I call wins and spins. Wins are like things that you see that you're like, that was so good. That was so great that she, she made that drawing and I could actually tell it was a flower. Like that's a win, but then spins. What are the things that we can do differently tomorrow to make the day better, to, to make things run more smoothly. But I think the key for me was community. It's stuff like this, where you sit across the table from somebody, somebody who, who loves you and is on your team. And they're able to say, girl, it was a hard day and stink. I'm so sorry. It was such a, it was such a rough one, three blowouts in one day. Let's have prayer time. Like, you know, (laughs) but also to give some perspective. And if you're blessed enough to have somebody who is a few steps ahead of you and then come along somebody who's a few steps behind you, it is, it makes you really appreciate the season that you're in because you know, it's fleeting. It doesn't feel like it's fleeting. It when if I had a nickel for every person when I had toddlers that would say, "Oh, just just enjoy oh, this yeah. season," and I'd be like, "You don't remember what it was like because clearly, enjoy the season is not what I'm feeling." But when I'd share with a friend and we'd kind of unpack things, boy, I found a lot more enjoyment in it. Right. Yeah, and I think too we can look back even to like the previous season we're just coming out of and think, oh we really just remember the good things first, right? Like yeah. think about the sweetness of it. So I think love that. Yeah. Remembering love the, that the sweet is, is helpful too. Any last encouragement or thoughts you want to leave our listeners about mom life, motherhood? People can say whatever they want about, I mean, again, I'm not trying to open Pandora's box about women in ministry, But I just want to say anybody who is pouring into the life of a little, whether that's a Sunday school teacher or a, an aunt or a mom or the friend of a mom, you are on the mission field and it is ripe for harvest. Mm -hmm. Kids need to be reminded just how loved they are by a God who is real. And when you pour into them, your labor is not in vain. It really is worth it. Is it exhausting? You bet your sweet bippies it is. (laughs) However, your labor is not in vain, not in vain. And don't grow weary in doing good. Keep loving kids well. They need it. They are inundated with messaging that is counter what we're trying to infuse into their hearts and minds. So keep up the good work. Those are my cheerleading pom-poms. I've got them out for you. If you ever, any moms, you call me if you need help and I will cheer your face off because I couldn't be more thankful for the work that you do. Mm, That's so good and so helpful. I remember in those days when my kids were really little thinking, I 
I'm grateful to be home with them, but I want to be out doing ministry. And it took hearing from someone about, you know, that motherhood is ministry, that it is one of the greatest places we could do ministry. And I think that as moms, we just need, need that reminder every now and again. Well, and you you know, because you're so passionate about loving moms that the research shows that besides zero to two, that 11 to 13 is the most needed time that kids need their mom. Isn't that amazing? And yet that's the time that most parents are like, and we're in fifth grade. We are out. (laughs) Right. No one needs a diaper change. You can get your own cereal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And yet that's mom. Parenting is so necessary. That hands-on, it looks different than it did when they were zero to two. Hopefully you're not still wiping their behinds, but no, you're, praise you're the Lord. Other, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're doing other tasks, maybe driving them wherever they want to go or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Even if you're, if, even if it's teenagers, please know your labor is not in vain. It really feels like it's in vain many days. It really feels like it's in vain, but I'm telling you that you continue to live the word. The word does not return void. And so do not grow weary, my friends. Mm, love that. Thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. Well, Amberly, at the end of every episode, I like to ask some fun questions. So here we go. What are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? What am I reading, watching, or listening to these days? I am listening to a podcast that I cannot say that I just recommend to everybody. It's not for everyone, but it is called The Bible Binge. Oh, I think I've heard of this, but I've Oh, I love the Bible binge. Now, mind you, theologically, I don't necessarily agree with everything they say, but it is two people who are like, they're believers, but they're immersed in pop culture, which I actually am not. Like when my daughter starts talking about the bachelor, I think to myself, I could not care less. Maybe about atomic energy, I care less. But other than that, (laughs) I don't care about the stinky bachelor. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But they look at Bible stories through the lens of some, you know, updated kind of context. And, and they, it's an interesting way that they look mm-hmm. at Bible stories, Bible studies, stories, many of whom we are so familiar with that you're like, how could I possibly get something fresh out of this? And yet the Holy Spirit has used that podcast for me to actually prepare to encourage audiences. Like, what's the question behind the question in this story? So that's been great. I'm reading Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And I usually, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read Brene Brown books. Always take me a long time, not because they're cerebral or whatever, but it's because it is like the thickest prime rib steak for me when it comes to thought. Not, right. not religion, not spirituality, but she gives me tons to chew on and mm-hmm. it just takes me a while to process. So yeah. that's where I'm at right now. And I'm watching MASH with my son. Oh. Cool. Yeah. I've never watched mash like all the way through. I'm, I'm old, but I'm not old enough that I watch mash like the first time around. So right. I only saw it in smatterings in reruns. Yes. So my son and I have been, we're in this second to last season and watching the characters as their trajectory changed. And anyway, so yeah. is it, is it like, is my spirit encouraged? Uh, no, but it's a hoot <laughs> and it's, it's really fun to share it with him. 
Oh, that's neat. I remember as a kid, like, if, yeah, it was always on, like reruns were always on. And I remember thinking, this is such a dreary show because it's all camo, you know, and all oh, yeah. that. But then when I would actually sit and watch a little bit, I was like, oh, this is actually funny. So these are people that are try- kind of like mothering where you feel <laughs> like you are battling and yet trying to find the joy and the purpose in that. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's fun. See how I did that? How I made that, how I brought it back around to, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the great connection. A yeah, plus. whatever. I stretched the muscle trying to make that happen. But it's- a plus forever. Bren, what is a favorite product, service, or practice that makes your life easier? Oh, I'm going to say that about nine months ago, I read a book called The Lazy Genius. Yes which is great. But one of the things that she said, which sounds like so ridiculous, but if you can plan ahead of time, do it. So it's silly things like before I go to bed, I make the coffee for the next morning. So all I have to do is press the button. I'm not a morning person. So that actually helps me. But I also review the day and I look ahead at the day. I've got a lot going on. And so that my brain, my dreams, my thoughts, my whatever there's, I never wake up in the middle of the night saying, Oh gosh, what is, what is tomorrow? Do I have to get up early? I already know. Right. Cause I right. thought through some of those things, but the lazy geniuses are really, it was full of hacks. There was a bunch of stuff that I was like, mm, not applicable to me and that's okay. But I think that there is a, probably a more logical way of doing things than I've always done them. And I found some great things in that, but some of it is if you can do it ahead, do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I have the book. I've not read it yet sitting on my shelf, but I've listened to Kendra Dachi's podcast by the same name, the lazy genius. And one of the things I like that she says is decide once and just have it decided. So lately, one of the things I've realized is my decide once is when my kids get invited to a birthday party, instead of having to go to target and they pick out a gift and it's like this extra time, we just give 20, $25 and a birthday card. I buy birthday cards in bulk, we put the money in and give it. And that's my decide one. So I super love that. I'm so blessed. And because I'm an author, I'm sure you get this because I'm an author. I have so many author friends. And so oftentimes when they do that, when they come out with a new children's book, I just buy 10 when my kids were little, I'd be like, okay, so pick, pick one of the three books out and that's what we're given or whatever. But yeah, no, I like her style. And I think super practical for moms with obviously kids younger than my kids are. It just makes sense. So yay logic. Yes, for sure. (laughs) And love, yeah, planning ahead. That's awesome. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? So I'm going to tell a secret to your reader and listener that I probably shouldn't, which is you let me know that question ahead of time. And here's the deal. I am the chief of sinners. I'm the worst. In fact, I've probably been given 10 gift certificates for massages in my adult life. And I've used one. I just, I don't self-care very well. I will tell you, it comes from a place where in my home growing up, if you took care of yourself, it was selfish. Yes. I wish I'd kept a better, you know, like I said, one of my, one of my mm-hmm. keeper wisdoms is that I wish I'd kept a closer eye on how I was treating my mm-hmm. body. I am rotten. I just am not great about taking care of me. And so anyway, but what I can tell you is I get up early. I let the dog out. We got a puppy. Uh, I let the dog out and I write 500 words and I do Wordle. And that's before anybody else is in my space. And that sounds like the most sad 
bit of self-care in the history <laughs> of self-care, but it's so good for my soul. Um, I, yeah, I agree in terms of, yeah, just getting up early before anyone needs you makes a request of you to just have your, your own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted that myself. Just don't nobody mess with Wordle. <laughs> I have not gotten on the Wordle bandwagon, but the nice I, thing I is, might. it's one. It's only one word a day. That's all you can oh, do. Oh, okay. no! It's not like you're. It's not like one of those things. You're like, oh, I've just been. I've been doing this for four minutes. You know, four hours and thirty seven minutes. And you're like, no, no, it's one word. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I can so do like that. Six minutes done. Oh, well, yeah. and I love. I'm my some of my friends joke and call me Word Girl. So I totally have to. Oh, I think to do this. Yeah. Take a bite of the apple. It's fine. <laughs> I think you'll like it. Oh. Well, yeah. thanks for being honest on that question because I think that is necessary for moms too. And also just the reminder that it's not selfish to take care of yourself. We we need that because sometimes we do feel that as moms or we feel guilt, like, oh, I'm gonna spend money or I have to hire a babysitter to watch my kids while I go do this. Like what a luxury moms in third world countries can't do that. Like we we make ourselves justify why we shouldn't do it rather than just giving ourselves permission to do it. Well, and I think the whole idea of we give the water that we have in our cistern. So if our cistern is full of caramel popcorn and cheddar popcorn, have you ever had that combination? Just so you know, that makes me happy. But if that's what we're pulling from versus, you know, fitting healthy, not that, not that eating junky food is terrible, but I'm just saying if that's, if that, if we have a steady diet of mediocre food and mediocre exercise and mediocre self-care, that's the cistern that we're pulling from to give water to our kids and our other people in our lives. So that's what I'm going to say is, yeah, don't do as I do right? Do, do what you know to be right. And no, remember your, your, your body is the temple of the Holy spirit and taking that time, that 45 minutes to, to get a massage or to take a walk around the block unencumbered and listen to a great podcast. Those will make the water in your cistern richer and more delicious and fuller for your kids. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody loses when your cistern's full. Mm, That's good. That's a good word. What is God teaching you in this season? Oh, girl, I heard another speaker use a term. I don't know if this has ever happened to you where you're just like living life and somebody says something and you go, oh, man, that is, that's me right there. She used the term. I have too many tabs open. Mm-hmm. I called a friend pretty much right after that. And I said, so I heard this. Can you reflect on this? Can you give me some feedback on this? And she says, you've had too many tabs open for the entirety of our friendship. Hmm. And I said, ouch, that's, that feels, you know, hard. So I talked about it with my family, actually talked about it with my son. And I said, when you hear that somebody has too many tabs open, what does that mean? And he said, well, mom, think about it on your computer. If you have too many tabs open, even the page you're on doesn't get your full attention because it sits there Mm-hmm. And you can see those other tabs open, but he said also energetically, like the Wi-Fi is lessened, the all of the whatever is 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 diminished because you have too many tabs open. And he said, So my question is, do you think your anything is getting the attention it deserves? It's like, oh, man, who raised this kid? How dare you? How dare you dare you clean your mother's clock? But that is exactly what I'm what I'm learning right now is that I. There are lots of things that I'm doing that are good, but are they of God? 
And they're, and it's, I mean, like if somebody says, oh my gosh, will you bake 20 dozen cookies for the church bake sale? You know, that's a good thing, right? The church bake sale needs cookies, but is it a God thing? Have I sought the face of God and said, is this the ministry that you want me to be involved in? Is this the energy you want me to spend? And I'm too quick to say yes. And so another tab opens and another tab opens and another tab opens. And then I wonder why I am weary and grumpy and all the other dwarves by the end of the day, you know? (laughs) So I'm sure nobody else can relate to that, (laughs) but that's me is too many tabs open. Can you relate to that at all? Um, A ton and more than one. So first of all, just like my life. Yes. I always, and and you said earlier, like you probably thrive on doing a lot of things. Like that's how I am. Like I always have so much going on and, and I enjoy it, but it does take away like, so when we say yes to something, we are saying no to something else. So sometimes I have to analyze that. And then also I'm giggling because before we got on this call, I was closing out tabs. Cause on any given day, I have like th- two different browsers open with like 20 different tabs on each one, because I just, I, I need to do something on each of them and I won't close it until I'm able to do it. So, yeah. So my friend Jenny tells me that there's a, cu- there are a couple of programs that you actually can actually download so that it better organize your open tabs. Oh, so then you click on that and then here are all these open tabs. I'm like, I know, but all those tabs are still open. Like, ah, I think that just masks the fact that you need a life and which I do need. So, anyway. So yeah, I, I totally get it. And if I'm candid, especially when I was younger, when I was feeling like I didn't have much purpose, when somebody would say, oh my gosh, you're so busy, sadly, grossly in my heart, I'd be like, oh, well I have meaning because I have all these things that I'm doing instead of being grounded in Jesus. So, so yes, the tabs open, but also the the heart that's open to God's leading instead of Amberly's pride. So mm. there it is. Mm. You can charge me later for that uh, <laughs> session. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, Amberly, this has been fun. Thank you so much for oh. just sharing and great wisdom that we can take with us. And I would love for people to know about your books. Will you share about those real quick and then let us know how people can connect with you? Totally. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you to you. You and I've had a couple of conversations and I just feel like such a kindred spirit, not just the curly hair and the Jesus, (laughs) but really the desire to use our lives for the glory of God. And I just want to thank you for that. Yes. I have three books currently out uh, on Amazon. One is called The Belonging Project, Finding Your Tribe and Learning to Thrive. And it is a four-week study based on the scriptures in the New Testament that use the words one another, love one another, Mm -hmm. pray for one another, confess your sins to one another. I also have another study that was the the, the follow-up in the middle of COVID when people were getting so ugly on social media. I wrote a book called Common Ground, Loving Others Despite Our Differences. Mm -hmm. And it is based on the sibling rivalries in the Bible. How do we get along with brothers and sisters in Christ using the examples of the siblings as source material? And then I wrote a devotional called the Friendship Initiative. So many moms in my life are lonely. In fact, in January of 2020, 61% of Americans polled admitted to being lonely, 61. 
And that was before we were watching church on television consistently. And so, yeah, so I wrote a book called The The Friendship Initiative, Connecting and Loving Like Jesus. So the whole idea is how did Jesus initiate friendships with other people? How did he get the ball rolling in a conversation? How did he go out of his way to make others feel special and make friends in the process? So that's what the that's what the book is about. Every day, every 30 of the 31, every day is a new way that that Jesus used a, I'm going to say tactic, but that sounds like too much strategery, but <laughs> he just, he was intentional. So 31 intentional ways to do that. And so those are available and lots of churches all over the nation are doing my studies, which is super cool, but I'm getting lots of feedback from ladies about the devotional and how they've those muscles of connecting with others have kind of atrophied and community is just so important to our souls. It's just for accountability and encouragement and all the things. So anyway, that's how they can do it. They can go to amberlyneese.com for my website. If they go to amberlyneese.com backslash join, they get a free gift, which is, I love me some free. It is a, an ebook that I created calling 50 ways to initiate great connections with others. So that's completely free if they sign up for my newsletter and then they get a monthly encouragement package for me in the form of an email. I would love to stay in contact with any of the moms that could use an extra boost of encouragement. Awesome. Well, Amberly, this has been awesome. I appreciate you and agree. I'm so grateful God connected us and just for the wisdom that you shared with us today. My pleasure. You are a blessing and, and thank you so much. As we go, I want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom. No, you're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing. But you're showing up, you're learning from your mistakes, and you've got God on your side. He fills in the gaps of our imperfections, and we can trust Him. Keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.